RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Taxi fares are to go up by $3 from July the 17th. An inquest rules that two senior firefighters died of misadventure fighting a serious blaze in 2016. And the chief executive says it's up to Beijing whether or not zero Covid is still a prerequisite for the resumption of travel to the mainland. The Executive Council has approved fare increases for taxis with the initial charge to be raised by $3. The higher fares are expected to take effect in July. Here's Wendy Wong. Passengers will have to fork out more for the cab ride, with the flat fall for urban taxis going up from $24 to $27. The new flat fall will be $23.50 in the new territories and $22 on Lantau. The incremental charges will also be raised with a 20 cent increase per meter jump after flatfall and a 10 cent rise after 9 kilometers. The new fares are expected to take effect from July the 17th after negative vetting by the Legislative Council. If confirmed, this will be the first fare increase since 2017. In a statement, a government spokesman said revenue for cabbies has dropped amid the COVID-19 pandemic. He said there is an ageing trend within the taxi trade and hopefully by increasing drivers' income, the industry can attract new blood, which will in turn boost overall service quality. The government also noted that the approved increases are lower than the levels proposed by the trade after taking into consideration higher expenses incurred by passengers. Two senior firemen killed fighting one of Hong Kong's longest burning infernos in a Kowloon-based self-storage facility nearly six years ago died by misadventure. That was the ruling of the coroner's court today following an inquest that lasted more than eight months. Mike Weeks reports. Deputy Coroner Philip Wong said firemen Thomas Cheung and Samuel Hoy entered the hazardous fire at the Amoy Khan Industrial Centre to protect lives and property. He said they acted lawfully, but an unexpected consequence caused their deaths. Therefore, he ruled the two had died by misadventure. Mr Wong said they had performed their duties courageously and responsibly, but he said the Fire Services Department should review its internal communication mechanism, noting that it didn't start an urgent rescue operation in time to save the men. The chief executive says the government needs to find out from Beijing if zero local infections is still a prerequisite for the resumption of quarantine-free travel to the mainland. Carrie Lam told reporters she's personally inclined to allow people to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Hong Kong's return to the mainland on July the 1st in a more relaxed way, but the government will follow Beijing's lead. The first thing we need to do, if it happens within my term, or John has to do if it happens within the beginning of his term, is to engage with the mainland authorities and to understand whether uh, what we have discussed last September to December uh, still stand as the prerequisites for the resumption of travel. Health authorities here have reported 273 new COVID cases, 40 more than yesterday. 27 of them were imported. Five new COVID-related deaths were also confirmed, raising the death toll from the Omicron-driven wave of infections to 9,039. A proposal by a medical expert requiring diners to do a rapid COVID test before they're allowed to enter eateries has received a cool response. A restaurant operator called the idea impractical, as Timmy Song reports. 
Medical expert Joseph Zhang says diners should be asked to show a negative rapid antigen test result before they are allowed in, after a Yunnan restaurant reported a cluster of infections. Dr. Zhang said taking masks off in places like restaurants involves transmission risks and requiring people to get tested can help prevent the virus from spreading. But on an RTHK program, Simon Wong, who runs the Eatery Chain LH Group, questioned the idea, saying restaurants have no way to check if the test was done on the day. Speaking on the same program, infectious disease expert Ho Pak Leung also poured cold water to the idea, saying it's incompatible to Hong Kong's return to normality. To the weather forecast, cloudy with showers and a few squally thunderstorms. Showers will be heavy at times tomorrow morning. Temperatures in the region of 24 to 27 degrees. The outlook, more showers in the next few days, which will be heavy at times with squally thunderstorms. Currently at the observatory, 26 degrees Celsius, humidity 91%. The thunderstorm warning is now in force. You're listening to RTHK. The time's exactly five minutes past 11. New COVID infections reported in Beijing continue to fluctuate, jumping by more than half today to 74 after falling by a fifth the day before. This comes as clinical trials for the BioNTech vaccine on the mainland were extended until at least October. Frank Jung reports. The number of people reported to have come down with COVID in Beijing who are showing signs of infection almost doubled to 61 from 33 on Monday but asymptomatic cases in the capital dropped slightly to 13. To curb the spread of the virus, the Beijing Municipal Health Commission has appealed to businesses to limit the number of workers going to offices and closely monitor their health status. It called on people to stop eating out, comply with mass testing, and maintain social distancing. Most districts in the capital have been subjected to a number of rounds of testing while schools, restaurants, parks and indoor entertainment venues have been closed. But the situation in Shanghai is improving. Although the city confirmed six more COVID patients had died, new infections dropped by a further 900 from Monday to just over 3,000. President Xi Jinping has told Communist Party organizations at all levels to attach great importance to the cultivation and development of young members to ensure China never changes its socialist nature. Speaking at a ceremony in Beijing to mark the centenary of the Communist Youth League of China, Mr Xi said the party warmly welcomes young people to become its fresh blood. The Communist Party always opened its door to the young generation and warmly welcome the young generation to become the a, a new energy injected to the party. And the CYLC should do a good job in leading the education of political responsibility and also to make sure that we cultivate the best ones to join the youth pioneer team and then to join the youth team and then to join the party. Here in Hong Kong, Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's waiting for additional input from her successor, John Lee, on her government restructuring proposal before moving ahead with the revamp. She warned at her weekly press briefing that time is tight, but said Mr Lee may form his new cabinet ahead of the completion of the revamp. The government reorganization plan that we are seeking approval from the Legislative Council will still be based on having three major secretaries and 15 policy bureaus. But we are waiting for further views from the chief executive-elect. 
As of today, I don't know how the government structure would look like exactly after July the 1st, so we haven't provided any documents to the Legislative Council and its relevant panels yet. John Lee has previously signalled his support for Carrie Lam's suggestions, which includes setting up a new bureau to oversee culture, sports and tourism, splitting the Transport and Housing Bureau into two and adding youth and district affairs into the remit of home affairs. The West Kowloon Cultural District Authority says it aims to open the Palace Museum this summer as a present for Hong Kong people on the 25th anniversary of the handover. It says it will feature some 900 works of art and relics on loan from Beijing's Palace Museum, but that exhibitions will be curated from a contemporary and international perspective. Here's the museum's director, Louis Ng. I think that it was the first time that you know that you can visit the Hong Kong Museum with so many you know Chinese art culture display in the meantime, and also we will adopt a new curatorial approach that will be have a contemporary interpretation of the Chinese you know the art and culture, and also we will widely use a multimedia new technologies. There will be a new experience that the visitor will experience. Customs officers say they've confiscated some 27 million illicit cigarettes in two separate operations earlier this month. About two-thirds of the haul was seized in Yunlong last week. The rest were found in a shipping container which arrived from Cambodia. A spokesman said the cargo, destined for the Philippines, was declared to contain fabric. Overseas, the Marcos dynasty has returned to power in the Philippines after the presidential election was won by Ferdinand Marcos Jr., The winner's father was forced from office and the country in 1986, following mass protests over his dictatorial rule. The younger Mr Marcos won in part by rebranding his father's time in office as a golden era. Richard Haydarian, an academic in Manila, said his victory was almost inevitable. I'm surprised that some people are surprised. I think the surveys were very, very clear that this is barely a two-way race. It's perhaps a a one-and-a-half-way race. The opposition leader... Vice President Bredo was not against Ferdinand Marcus Jr. alone. She was against Ferdinand Marcus Jr. in tandem with presidential daughter Sara Duterte. It was a formidable so-called unity. Anti-government protesters in Sri Lanka have continued to demonstrate at the entrance to President Gotapaya Rajapaksa's office, defying a nationwide curfew a day after the Prime Minister Mahinda Rajapaksa resigned. Yesterday's violence between supporters and opponents of the government left left at least five people dead. With more details, here's the BBC's Richard Galpin. Prime Minister Rajapaksa announced his resignation in a tweet in the midst of the protests at his government's handling of the economic crisis. But it's not quelled the violence. Demonstrators tried to storm the Prime Minister's official residence when he was inside the building. A curfew across the island has now been extended to Wednesday. Many Sri Lankans are still calling for President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, younger brother of the ex-Prime Minister, to also step down. In finance news, Hong Kong stocks closed sharply lower today, though an opening plunge eased as dip buyers sparked a rally after the wreckage from Wall Street's rout yesterday. The Hang Seng Index finished 1.8% or 368 points lower at 19,633. To sports, Hong Kong football head coach Jorn Anderson says he's disappointed that he's been unable to call up three players based in mainland China. He alleged that the clubs of Leung Nok Hang, 
Vas Nunez and Sandro have forced them to refuse to join up with the SAR squad. Anderson was speaking after the team's practice today as they prepare for the Asian Cup qualifiers next month. The national team normally have the rights to have the player everywhere. FIFA support the national teams, but the Chinese clubs doesn't care. They make pressure of the player, do don't have to go because you have to come back in four weeks quarantine. It's not possible. I can understand. I was player too. I was a national player too. But the player will be scared because the money they take there, not here with us. But I have the feeling the player want to play for Hong Kong, but the clubs writing a letter and send it to us, and the player have to sign it, that they don't want to come to play for them team. Three points separate Manchester City and second-placed Liverpool in the English Premier League title race with three matches to go for each side. Liverpool play the first of those games later tonight at Aston Villa, who are managed by one of the Reds' former legendary players, Steven Gerrard. You need a perfect performance. It's pretty simple to take something off the game. We need to be perfect. We need to avoid making mistakes in the game. We need to be the best version of ourselves, individually and collectively. We need everyone at it and all in. We need everyone extremely focused for every moment of the game because we're playing against such a dangerous team. Meanwhile, Manchester City say they've reached an agreement in principle with Borussia Dortmund to sign striker Erling Haaland. The transfer remains subject to the Premier League leaders finalising terms with the Norway international. The transfer, worth an estimated 77 million US dollars, is expected to be confirmed in Germany this week. If it goes through, it would be one of the biggest transfers of the summer. Haaland has 92 league goals in 121 games for Molde, RB Salzburg and Dortmund. Last year, he became the youngest player to reach 20 Champions League goals. In the NBA playoffs, the Golden State Warriors are one win away from the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors held off the Memphis Grizzlies 101-98 to in Game 4 for a 3-1 series lead. In the East, the Boston Celtics have levelled the series at two by taking Game 4 116-108 to against the defending champions Milwaukee. Despite scoring 34 points, Bucks star Janis Antetokounmpo was still on the losing side. You know, the thing with the playoffs is that like you win, you feel great. You lose, you feel terrible, you know. But um, I know what the deal is. The team knows what the deal is. We got to go to Boston and try to win a, a game. Now, no matter what I feel, it doesn't really matter. Emotions are for movies, you know, not, not for basketball. And the Colorado Avalanche are the first team to advance to the second round of the NHL playoffs. The Avalanche completed a four-game sweep of the Nashville Predators with a 5-3 win in Game 4. The Pittsburgh Penguins pushed the New York Rangers to the brink of elimination with a 7-2 thrashing. The Penguins lead their series 3-1. Elsewhere, the Florida Panthers got the better of the Washington Capitals 3-2 to even their series at 2. The Calgary Flames also tied their series with the Dallas Stars at 2 thanks to a 4-1 victory. And that's the news and sport from RTHK. RTHK
big head, of course, for Mama Cass as it brings into our second hour this Tuesday night. Wherever you are on our little globe, you're more than welcome to be part of our marvellous magical mystery tour. Peter King with you through to 1am. We give way to a sentimental journey as usual, Mondays to Fridays at 5 past midnight. If you like a song, do get in touch. It's Radio Peter Gmail. I'd like to say good evening to Gilbert and Michael in so far. 